Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, we dig deep into the Spider-Verse. Could this engine be mortal? And is there a bright side when it comes to horror in 2019? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. Well, it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He's actually going to be here in Vegas this weekend to go ahead and wreak havoc with me at our holiday charity event at Retro City Games. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. It's just a short time away, my friend. You'll be up here, and so many other great things are going to be happening right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Only a short time. We'll be heading up tomorrow. Yeah, the charity event. Sounds like it's it's all coming together pretty well. Just so you guys know, you should be there Saturday. What time? We're starting at 12, right? Noon? We are starting at 12. It's going to be from 12 to 8 p.m. There's going to be three tournaments that are involved at 12 p.m. It's a Fortnite tournament scheduled at 2. It's going to be a Call of Duty Black Ops 4 tournament. And at 4, it's going to be a Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Tournament hosted by our good friends at Go Brothers Gaming and Mario Party Wars. And, of course, there's going to be so many people involved when it comes to Game Source, Humanican Media, performing music will be Vettius, Hyperschmidt, and TrueDie. It's going to be a lot of great stuff going on there. Just truly cannot thank everyone for participating. If you're interested in being a part of the event because it's an all-ages event, there's free retro gaming. There's going to be a raffle for a great prize. Plus, for the tournaments, there's going to be great prizes there as well, including $200 gift cards for the winners of each of those tournaments. And there's actually prizes that were set aside for the top five as well for each of those tournaments that are going to be able to go ahead and compete against each other in those respective games. So come on down. It's going to be a great time. Free music, free retro gaming, lots of gaming action, tournaments galore. But it all goes to great charities like Three Square of Las Vegas for any canned food donation. For new toy donations, it's going to go to the UMC Children's Hospital and if you're going to be giving out a dollar monetary donation, that's going to go to Make-A-Wish of Southern Nevada. Three great charities that we're going to be able to give to as far as for the event is concerned. And if you do donate, you will get 15% off your purchase 
all the way up through the 15th, that's going to be if you go ahead and make a purchase there. If you donate at the same time that you're there, you know what? You're going to get 15% off your purchase at Retro City Games. So that's a great idea, great concept. We're just going ahead and have a great time this Saturday at Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada. For more information, you can check all the info, all the rules, everything that's going down there, including a full description of the prizes on the Retro City Games Facebook page. Check it out today. It is going to be a great show that we have set up for you today. We've got Ben Arnaud from the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. He's going to share his top five in 2018 in our continuous top five of 2018 conversations that we have with podcasters and special guests from all around the world. He's going to share his thoughts on what his top five was for 2018. It's going to involve barbecue. You got to know that. So he's coming up a little bit later in the broadcast. Plus, also, we have Chris Valenta, a.k.a. Vedius. We just talked about him being a holiday charity event at Retro City Games. He's going to be playing his video game covers while he's there. He's going to be scheduled to play at 1, 3, and 5. Meanwhile, Hyper Schmidt and True Die are going to be there at 12, 2, and 4 playing their awesome music. So he's going to be coming up, Chris Valenta, a.k.a. Vedius, talking about a little about what, what he does, his influences, and why he likes to go ahead and play video game covers coming up a little bit later in the episode as well. But first, it's really our first big weekend of the month, my friend. We've got a lot of stuff going on when it comes to at the theater. We've got, well, first off, it's already out already. It is Once Upon a Deadpool. I want to hear your thoughts on that in just a second, but the big matchup that's going to be this weekend is spider-man into the spider-verse versus mortal engines that's going to be a great matchup as far as what people are actually going to be thinking about going to see whatnot you have the influence of peter jackson from the lord of the rings being a producer as far as overseeing the project with mortal engines from that great storyline and then you have spider-man into the spider-verse which at the time not too long ago we were not sure exactly how this was going to fit as far as if it'd be a must-see or if it's something where it was actually going to go fade away really quickly. Well, you know what? The movie has gotten rave reviews all over the place. It's done a great job of promoting the fact that it's actually going to be up for a lot of awards coming in the award season as well. It's got a great animated style. And I'll tell you what, this could be the surprise hit of the winter when it comes to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, it's weird. I was not expecting it to to perform so well, but it's got something going for it, and it's it's cool to see them bridging all the different you know Spider people from across the the different comic book timelines: Spider Man Noir, Spider Gwen, Spider Man, Miles Morales, like all these people coming together. All these, and it's not just aimed at one group in particular. It's aimed at everyone, everyone who loves Spider Man, and that's you know that's 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 cool. I'm glad they did something like that, and you know I don't know much about you know where exactly the storyline's going but as far as something coming out during the holiday season that kids could go and enjoy like it seems kind of like the perfect fit kind of all the uh because it, it's catered towards new fans it also seems to be catered towards the the people who grew up in the 90s watching the spider-man cartoon on fox so i'm definitely excited to see that you know as for immortal engines i do want to see it like i you know i, I don't have <laughs> I don't have a lot of faith in Peter Jackson anymore, but uh, I, this movie does look interesting. You know, it's the the source material sounds interesting. I haven't read the books, but I have kind of dug into what the story's about, and 
it sounds fascinating. It sounds kind of like a, a live action anime. So I don't, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure how I feel. I want to watch it, but where do you stand on it? Well, you know what? I have a great affinity for Lord of the Rings, but that has to go by the wayside when you're talking about this concern because he's not directing it. Someone else is directing it, and he does have his fingerprints all over it. He's part of the promotion when it comes to Mortal Engines. It's not expected to do as well as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because of the fact that at this time, now, last month, it looked like it was going to be the opposite. But right now, a lot of the momentum is going to be in the favor of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because it's earning all those nominations, Golden Globe nominations and other nominations, Critics Awards and, and whatnot all over the place. So there's a lot of good word and a lot of good buzz in with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And I'll tell you what, Mortal Engines, I don't want to say this is going to be a flop of any kind, but they're looking to go ahead and extend the series and make it into a trilogy or what have you. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case because it looks like from all points in time that it looks like it's probably not going to fare as well as they're hoping. I still want to go see the movie. It looks kind of interesting. And the concept, like you said, is kind of catchy and different as far as you know, another post-apocalyptic type movie after the world goes to war, cities are now on wheels and, and you know, one uh, larger ones devouring smaller ones and whatnot. It still looks like a great concept, but I'm not sure if it's going to be that great an execution. Uh, the reviews have been mixed as far as the reception critically. So I'm looking to see it's, if it's going to be something that, that long-term it will actually play out to be something that's going to be accepted by maybe an international audience so that it will have life as a series. But I will act, get a chance to check it out at some point in time. I'm just not going to go ahead and make a priority. But what I will make a priority is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, something that you and I weren't going to make time for up front. But it looks like there's been so much good buzz that you and I have to both make a great effort to go ahead and check out the movie as soon as possible. Yeah, and you know, after our charity thing's over, I do plan on getting back and seeing a couple movies, mostly get reviews up on the site. But yeah, that, that's definitely on the list of things to see, Mortal Engines. You want to talk about Deadpool, right? What are your thoughts on that? Once Upon a Deadpool has already come out this week. It's in a limited amount of theaters, about 1,500 theaters nationwide. It is a recutting of Deadpool 2 to actually get to a PG-13 audience, trying to get a younger audience, skew that younger audience in there. A little bit of footage has been added in with Fred Savage in recreating the Princess Bride scenario, this time with Deadpool telling the story. So they're trying to, whatever they take out as far as the content that's questionable or objectionable or R-rated content that's in Deadpool 2, they're actually trying to put a little bit in when it comes to the recreation of the Princess Bride scene with Fred Savage and Deadpool. I've heard it's actually really good for those two when they work together. It's just that the rest of the movie does not really make a good fit. And the best I could compare it to is when the edited version of Deadpool came to FX. They were showing a R-rated version at later hours, and they were showing a PG-13 in the early hours. And it was no comparison on how much better the R-rated version is because that's Deadpool all the way, right? Right. Well, let me just say that I appreciate what they're doing with this because 
I love the effort that's going into it. You know, they're not just blanking things out. They're not just taking swear words out. They're not just dumbing it down for parents to take their kids to see. But on the other side of that coin, if you're a kid and you're going to and you want to see this movie, chances are you probably already saw it. You probably went to your friend's house and saw it. It's the idea of the forbidden fruit, you know, like we want to watch what we're not supposed to watch. And then once it's available for us to watch in a format that we can watch it, we don't want to watch it anymore. And I think that's kind of got that working for it right now. I don't know. It, it's it kind of like reminds me of Walmart, though. You know how you used to be able to buy CDs. Every CD you bought from Walmart was edited. You it, just it's you like the novelty of it, but it's just not something that's very appealing. And I I like the effort, you know, with the Fred Savage scenes, but it's just I don't see it catching on to people. I don't, I don't see people wanting to go see it because if you saw it, if you didn't see it the first time then it's probably not something you're going to watch. And it's it's already got that bad stigma, too, with parents after the first Deadpool came out where parents were like, oh, don't take your kids to go see that. Every, every parent knows not to let their kids see Deadpool. So I don't think making a PG-13 cut is really going to change that stigma. I don't think it's going to drive in audiences as well. It only got a million up front in its first day of release, but that was during the week when kids are still in school. I was talking with you before we went on the show that this weekend is going to be the telltale sign if it's going to actually be something that is a success and be considered something that other movies of that ilk might be doing down the road. I don't think it'll play out that way, especially for a movie like Deadpool, which needs to be as R rated as you can get because his best humor, Ryan Reynolds, best humor is when it comes to that. In fact, when detective Pikachu, that trailer came out and it was Ryan Reynolds voicing detective Pikachu right away you could just tell it's not deadpool that i'm listening to it's the guy who played deadpool but he's just not quite sounding as funny as a detective pikachu than he is when he's just full uncut like he is with the deadpool and deadpool 2 original cuts right he kind of has he has a style of his own and people like that style and having him venture outside of that style is just not something he can do i don't doubt that he can play a serious role but but well it's just like this yeah you know his career since doing the deadpools has just about been doing the deadpools and that that's been his successful movies when it comes to other movies he's made like what was it life and and other things that he's tried to get into ripd and whatnot hitman's bodyguard those movies are just not as good because he just does not go all out like he does when he's deadpool Right, but he also had that one, um, what's that one chick flick that was definitely maybe that got a bunch of rave reviews. But that uh, was that was well before Deadpool. Right, but he, you, we can't forget that he came onto the scene with Van Wilder, though. Like, that was pretty close to Deadpool. You know, and the, Waiting. And Waiting is probably movie, one of yeah. the most underrated movies out there. Oh, that's a funny movie, yeah. But yeah, we, we that's that he that's how he got his start is is in vulgarity. So, you know, we've seen he can play certain roles, but he's I don't think he's at a point in his career where he's able to take them seriously, though. It's just unfortunately, he's almost been typecast into a like you said, a vulgar role, an R rated type of role that he works best at. And whenever he tries to venture outside of that, it's not yeah. always the best of execution. I said it's the tragedy of the rock. Exactly, exactly. So 
I don't think it's going to do very well once upon a Deadpool this weekend. I'm not looking to see any big numbers from it. It was an experiment by the movie studio, by Fox, to go ahead and try to get something done like this. But it doesn't look like it's going to pay off in spades. I will say that it is one of the most convoluted weekends. I'm not going to say it's one of the most excitable, most anticipated type of movie weekend. But it's kind of one of the most interesting weekends that's out there of 2018 because you've got all these different ventures all these different type of movies that are coming in there that are trying to vie for that space and it's going to get even more fun week by week by week because there's going to be even more movies that are crammed in there to try and get get in there and some of the movies that we'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks it's just going to be funny how they're actually even there at all i'm ta- i'm looking at you second act i'm looking at you holmes and watson I'm looking at you, Stan and Ollie. Why are these movies being played out when they're being played out, when they probably be better served, maybe pushed back a couple months into 2019? That's my guess. I mean, that's what I'm thinking, but we'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. But we are getting hot and heavy into the Christmas film season. And for me, it's going to start off with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I think it's going to be a really, really good time for that movie. I think it's going to shine. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people at the box office. What are your thoughts out there on this weekend's box office battle between Mortal Engines, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and Once Upon a Deadpool? We want to hear your thoughts on what's going on with those. Are you going to check out any of them? Do you really like what you hear when it comes to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and the rave reviews that it's getting and all the nominations it's getting as well? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up, like I said, after the break, we've got Chris Valenta, a.k.a. Vettius. We're going to have a chat about what his influences are, his great music, and we're also going to play a tune of his as well. Plus, on the back half, we've got Ben Arnaud from the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. He's going to share his top five of 2018. And right after that, Josh and I are going to be sharing our thoughts on Bright side and more when it comes to a lot of good movie trailers that are out there. This is the PCC Multiverse. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. And we're back with the show. Once again, it's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. As I've told everyone out there for so many weeks, we are doing a huge game night here in Southern Nevada in the Las Vegas, Henderson area at our good friends at Retro City Games on December 15th. We've talked to you at length about all the great tournaments from Fortnite to Call of Duty Black Ops 4 to also Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. We've talked about the great charities this is going to, like Three Square of Las Vegas, 
Make-A-Wish Foundation for Southern Nevada and also the UMC Children's Hospital Nevada as well. So we've talked about all that. And we've also talked about the great artists that are going to be there like Hyperschmidt and Trudie. So I have here with me today none other than one of the awesome musical acts that's going to be a part of our holiday charity game night. If you haven't checked out his stuff today, you're missing out on you got to check it out today on starting off on this Facebook page so you can start following all of his great music and where to get it because it's an awesome holiday gift. If you're into video games and you're into video game covers, there's no better place to start than with Chris Valenta, a.k.a. Vidius. How's it going, man? Um, it's going good, man, and thank you very much. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. I've been trying to get you on for a while, first off, because <laughs> yeah. your music, A, your music is so awesome. And B, I'll tell you what, you seem to have a good rapport out there with not only your followers, but the fans, but the fact that you like to go ahead and truly perform out there nonstop and do whatever it is you do as far as how that music translates as far as all the great covers of all the great video games that you like playing. Absolutely. So tell me exactly what got you involved. I, obviously, there's an influence with video games like me from... I'm doing Pop Culture Cosmos. I've been playing video games for, for well, actually a long time. <laughs> I won't say how long, but yes, quite a bit of time. But I know that obviously there's an influence there. So how did that translate and morph into the awesome performer you are today? So, I mean, it's a long story, but uh, video games have always been a huge passion of mine ever since I was a little kid. I like to talk about this a lot when I play shows that, you know, most people don't realize that their first connection with music growing up actually probably comes from a video game and that's the first time most people recognize that music is amazing and beautiful and creates emotion and all of this so through my years as being a musician um, I spent most of my time just mainly as a metal musician and then the past 10 years or past about five years or so I've been branching out and actually composing original music for video games and tv shows and a good friend of mine another local Vegas musician we did a collaboration together and I realized that I just absolutely loved translating these iconic video game tracks into like metal pieces. And um, I tried to do it differently. So I basically deconstruct the whole song. Then I rebuild it all. I recompose all the orchestra. I do multiple guitar parts. I write all the drums, write all the bass. So I could kind of reimagine the song instead of just covering it. I don't want to just play the melody with with some drums i want to reimagine the whole song so the whole song has a whole entirely new impact but yeah you know it first started out it was just a little thing i was doing on the side and it's just grown into something huge and i absolutely love doing it i still do my original metal music as well but i kind of blend the two passions together and it's working well it allows me to play at gaming events like this i could play at metal shows i could play at conventions i could play at bars so it really opened the door for me as a musician to really get all of my music out there, be it my original stuff or my covers. I've had a chance to delve deep into the world of Vedius. And I'll tell you <laughs> what, there's so many great songs. Not only if you follow Vedius, that's V-E-T-I-V-S on Facebook, but also his awesome YouTube channel. You just check it out today, Vedius. There's dozens and dozens of videos one after another about you playing those video game hits in fact it actually goes along with the footage and i think that's the part i like best is not only is it you playing those scores from those famous video games but it coincides with a lot of the action as well 
Right. Absolutely. And I, I, I like to capture that in my videos where you'll see I, I always have a clip of the actual game of where the song comes from. So you can not only watch me play it, you hear it, but you also see it in real time in the game. And that actually helps change your perspective of the song because you're seeing it in real time in the game. And I, I think it works great. And you've talked about your influences, not only from, like you said, video games, but also metal as well. And now that you've been doing it for so long now, when you listen to either contemporary metal or actually metal from the past, do you actually close your eyes and you can sense and you can feel sort of like a video game type atmosphere when you go ahead and you listen to certain types of artists, certain bands that are out there that, have, you know, that are so much of a part of the metal scene? Absolutely. Um, I've always felt that metal is one of the few current music forms that is able to capture orchestration very well because both classical music, which I consider video game like a modern type of classical music, their main focus is the melodic structure and metal's main focus is the melodic structure as well. So they have a lot of similarities to them. And a lot of the times what draws people away from metal is the growling and the screaming and stuff. But if you were to take away the vocals and just listen to it as a music track, most of them sound like epic video game songs or things like that. And that that's actually one of the things that got me started in this is as I wrote my original music, a lot of my fans would constantly say like, this sounds like an awesome song that could go for a boss battle or something like that. And I started to make these connections that I just write music that sounds good for video games. And that kind of started me on that path of melding those two passions. And you also talked about how metal influenced you as far as playing the guitar is concerned. What are some of your favorite artists in metal that you actually not only, you know, grown to love so much, but actually influenced so much of your art that you do today? My main influence is a musician named Devin Townsend. Um, he's a brilliant musician. Um, he's played in a, a lot of metal bands. He played in Strapping Lad, and now he has his own um like solo project called the Devin Townsend Project. And he is just an absolutely phenomenal musician. He's a big influence of mine. Um, another big influence, this is a pretty <laughs> extreme metal band, but uh, my favorite metal band is Behemoth. And I, I think they capture it very well as well. And, and, and that's the metal side. So Devin Townsend and Behemoth. But when it comes to video games, uh, my biggest influences are Nobu Amatsu, who is the Final Fantasy composer. Um, Yoko Shimomura, who did the Kingdom Hearts soundtrack, and then Koji Kondo, who is the Legend of Zelda and Mario composer. So those three composers, plus uh, the metal ones, they've pretty much been influences of mine ever since I was in high school, many years ago. <laughs> it goes without saying that mine are just a little bit kind of different. I, I mean, from my musical influences, and when I touched upon metal, for me, it was something like Judas Priest or something maybe like Sabbath or Iron yeah. Maiden. So I'm unfortunately quite a bit dated there. But, <laughs> but I mean, still great bands, though. Still great. They're, they're still, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I got to tell Ozzy that because he just hit 70. But there's one last thing before we head on out, my friend. I want to go ahead and give people all around the world that listen a chance to hear your beautiful music so they can get more in tune with what you're all about. Go ahead, my friend. If there's any song that you think should be destined to be played on this show coming up right now, what would that be? 
It's definitely going to be a medley I did of the Legend of Zelda series using two tracks from the series. It is a main theme medley. So it is the Twilight Princess main theme. And then it also goes into the iconic Legend of Zelda main theme. So hopefully you all enjoy my Zelda main theme medley because that to me is a perfect representation of everything that I stand for. And once again, it is Chris Valenta, a.k.a. Vettius. And here it is, that Zelda medley. And you can check it out today, not only on Vettius on Facebook, YouTube, but Bandcamp as well. listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with the show. 
You know, all month long, we've been doing top fives in pop culture from podcasters and our guests from all around the world. But I couldn't have a top five in pop culture for 2018 without my good friend. He is the host of Smoking Hot Confessions, the podcast, and also the website. You got to check out Smoking Hot Confessions today on Apple Podcasts and over two dozen different podcast outlets. Plus, also, for all the great recipes, grilling, and so much more, you got to check it out today at smokinghotconfessions.com. It is my good friend who is really smoking hot right now over in Australia. It's Ben Arno. What's going on, man? Oh, mate, I am melting. It's a, it, it's the middle of summer over here. It's uh, 7.30 p.m. my time, and we're still sitting at about 85 degrees Fahrenheit. So, uh, mate, I am sweating buckets, absolutely sweating buckets. Well, like I tell you, if Las Vegas is colder than you, that's that means I'm going to tell you right now that's that you must be suffering, and <laughs> it's going to be a warm Christmas for you, it sounds like. So I will say this, though. It is great to have you here because I did want to hear your thoughts as not only – the man in the know when it comes to barbecue grilling. The man in the know when it comes to great cooking podcasts with some deep insight on barbecue and the barbecue world has as far as grilling, grilling ideas, cooking ideas, and all the deep insight you have. But I'm eager to hear your thoughts, my friend. What are your top five in pop culture for 2018? Well, I've I've sort of stuck to my uh, stuck to my niche, I guess. Um, so just sort of looking at uh, at, at barbecue stuff. So uh, for starting at number five for me, it was definitely the um, the formation of what we're calling over here our our barbecue family. So one of the goals for Smoking Hot Confessions for 2018 was to get a bit more serious about about the competitive side of the competition barbecue. So it was something that I'd always done, but I hadn't sort of taken too seriously. So I met a couple of fellas and uh, we all just sort of clicked and we really got together and um, and sort of put together a Smoking Hot Confessions take two or version two, 2.0. There you go. So that was Anthony Stewart, Cody and uh, and Nigel. We went to Burley Barbecue Championships, which is uh, it's my local competition. I've been there for 2019. It'll be five years straight I've been there and uh, have always sort of finished around the middle of the pack. Pretty decent sized competition, about 40, 50 teams. But uh, with the new lineup and the new approach to competitions, we pulled a second place in chicken, a fifth place in seafood and actually managed to finish fifth overall. So to get a top 10 finish um, on the on the first run of the new team, we're really excited to uh, to. Uh, stare down the barrel of 2019 and, and see what that brings. So for me, that's number five of my top five list. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations for that and continued success. I know things are always looking up for you as far as your competition and what you go ahead and face, but also how you end up because you've competed not only in Australia, but here in the U.S. as well. I have, yeah, and it's uh, you know it's that old expression, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. So, uh, you know. <laughs> It's all just a bit of a reflection of the work that the whole team's putting in. So that's uh, that's really good. Number four is a real recent one. It was just a few weeks ago. I actually got to fly across the continent to uh, to Perth, and I was um, part of the uh, part of the official team for smoking on the water over there. It's a it's a charity organisation that organises um, barbecue festivals to raise funds for local charities. So I got to be the MC. I got to uh, take some video cameras around and shoot some videos with local businesses and competitors and things like that. And so just to be a part of that was awesome. And I'd never actually been to Perth before. So it was fantastic to see the other side of the country. I really enjoyed that weekend. 
Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. How is it over there? I mean, if you could just describe Perth, we have listeners to radio stations down there, but to those around the world that are not as familiar with Perth, you know, what were your impressions of Perth overall? Mate, it was so friendly. Everyone over there was just lovely. Now, like I, I grew up in, in small country towns. Um, I live in a pretty big city now, but uh, I, I grew up in small country towns and that city feels like a small country town. Everybody walks up, looks you in the eye, shakes your hand, says, g'day, mate, how you going? And uh, it's just, it, it's got a real hometown feel to it. I, I felt like I belonged straight away. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, but what's yeah, your number I, three, my friend? Number three is Kangaroo Valley. So there was a barbecue festival down there just a few weeks before that. And that was a really special one for me because I used to visit Kangaroo Valley with my grandfather about 25 years ago. And he passed away just about three or four years ago. And so for me, it was great to not only be part of that festival that I'd been wanting to get to for for about three or four years now since it started. It's been on my list, but I just never managed to get there. But so I was able to tick that off my uh, off my bucket list, but I was also able to just sort of walk around the town a little bit and sort of get all that nostalgic feelings and sort of remember those good times with my grandfather. So for me personally, that was just a really sort of touching weekend. And I got to link it to barbecue, which is my absolute obsession. So that was uh, that was just the icing on the cake. Oh, that's awesome. As someone who, like you, you know, it has those fond memories of of fathers, of grandfathers, of just being able to go ahead and and connect in that fashion, and just being in a place where it brings back those memories is just awesome. And like you said, it all ends up with you at the barbecue, so it can't be bad at all. Exactly. Yeah. Which brings us to number two. That's going to be releasing season three of the podcast. So that's the U.S. road trip. So for me, that was the culmination of um, solidifying some really serious relationships and. I got to hear some incredible stories. So in, in one of the episodes, I talked to, the, to a lady from the Salt Lake um, in, at, from Driftwood, Texas. And she talks about how just between Thanksgiving and New Year's through their mail order service. Now, I'll just let that sink in. Mail order brisket. Uh, to me, that's just unfathomable here in Australia. <laughs> but just between Thanksgiving and New Year's, they move 11,000 briskets every year just through their mail order. You said 11,000, is that correct? I did say 11,000, yep. Wow, that's amazing. And that was your number two, correct? That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the, the other big story I got to uh, enjoy was um, I got to meet, I'd, I was walking through uh, New Orleans and uh, I just visited the LaLaurie Mansion and I was walking back up the street there and there was a lady sitting on the front step of her house and I just asked her a question, just checking something that uh, the tour guide had told us in the morning. And it turns out she's actually a Hurricane Katrina survivor. So we got talking about how I'm completely obsessed with barbecue. And then she started telling all these amazing stories about the important role that barbecue played post-Katrina because nobody had power. Nobody had, um, you know, everybody had all this food in their freezer and then no way of cooking it. And so all these grills got dragged out of garages or, uh, or you know, out of basements and whatever. And once the water had, uh, had seceded a little bit, and they all just started cooking and sharing all the food around because they had no way of, of, of keeping it. So barbecue really played a key role in sort of keeping the city together. So that was, that just blew my mind, that story. And that's awesome. That's an awesome story because you've seen New Orleans that have, have done everything they can to try and recover from the after effects of Hurricane Katrina. So that's definitely admirable and great to hear that barbecuing in many ways 
help revitalize and get that process started as far as the healing process is concerned. Mate, it's been part of our culture for as long as we've been human beings. And it's not really surprising that when the chips are down, the barbecue comes out. But that basically leads me straight in, into number one. So my, my number one for 2018, and you did touch on it before, it's got to be representing Australia at the World's Barbecue Championships in Houston, in Texas, at the Houston Livestock Rodeo Show. Surprise, surprise, I've never been particularly good at sports as a, as a young fella. I've always enjoyed my martial arts, but um, I've never been like a real competitor. And uh, so to actually have the opportunity to represent my country was just, uh, it was just amazing. And we were talking before about the hospitality of people and you meet them and they shake your hand and they look you in the eye. I got to tell you, man, Texas is another place. Strangers would just walk up to me and go, oh, you're the Aussie team. Great to meet you. And then we just have this big conversation and, you know, look me straight in the eye, shake my hand and welcome to Texas and all this sort of thing. So that was life changing. And so the real highlight for me was I was able to take my wife and son on that on that tour on that trip. We hit Texas. We went through, uh, flew into Dallas, down to Austin, Houston, across to Louisiana to New Orleans, and then up into uh, through Arkansas up to Fort Smith. And all the way along, we were stopping at different barbecue joints and meeting different barbecue people. And that's how I put the podcast trip together. But yeah, man, I got to say that Houston Livestock Rodeo, the World's Barbecue Championships, that is an absolute blast. It's all for charity. It's raising money for uh, underprivileged kids who want to go to college. And the figure I heard was in four days, the festival raised $27 million to help those kids go to college. Well, that's so amazing. To, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So just to have been a part of that and just to know that I contributed to that and was able to share that not only with my family, but then also with the listeners through the podcast, that just blew me away. It was completely life-changing. Well, that's great to hear. And it's great to hear that also you were able to connect with so many people in the Texas area and all over the United States when you visited here and to see that barbecuing helps people come together and has that healing and also friendly atmosphere that it breaks all those barriers. And it's just great to see what barbecuing and grilling can do for you know society as a culture from you on one side of the world to over here on this side of the world, just great to see that that barbecuing helps people connect from wherever they're at. Absolutely. As I said before, we've been barbecuing for as long as we've been human beings. And so it's it's programmed into us. It's in our DNA. And uh, it's it's little surprise that that's what that that's one of the things that that binds us. Oh, that's a great list. Almost as great as when you're talking to me about all the great stuff that's going on in with your grilling recipes, with all your great ideas that coming off the grill, I'm almost as hungry as when you talk to me about that stuff. So I'll tell you what, that's some great ideas. And that's a great list you have of your top five in pop culture for 2018. But I got to ask you one last question, my friend. Why do people need to catch the latest season? In fact, all the seasons that are available now for the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. And of course, your great site, smokinghotconfessions.com. Yeah, well, the, the season three of the podcast, that's what's out now. And uh, it's, it's, it's been the culmination of about 12 months work. So I was um, laying foundations for relationships, solidifying them over 12 months, and then going over there and actually meeting the people in person, recording as many interviews as I could in person. Some of them are over the phone or over the internet after the fact. But yeah, it, it all lines up through there. And it, it's essentially, it's an investigative podcast series, I guess, into barbecue. 
So I'm exploring three different states in America. I'm learning as much as I can about what differentiates the different styles of barbecue, which is a hot topic here in Australia at the moment, as we're sort of trying to, we're playing catch up, I guess, on the, on the development of barbecue. And so for a lot of people out there, when we think American barbecue, we just think of one thing. We go, oh, okay, American barbecue. But I mean, there's, there's 14 different styles of Texas barbecue alone. So traveling through, through Texas, talking to different people about all their different styles across to Louisiana, I learned about Couchon Delay. And I've got to tell you what, I'm heading back to Louisiana in April and I'm going to be looking for some Couchon Delay because that just sounds amazing. And then, of course, uh, up into Arkansas, which is a big chicken state. Chicken is their big uh, is their big meat. So just learning about all the different ways that all the different people do things and some of those great stories that I started to touch on before. Every single one of those people just has just incredible history with barbecue and incredible backgrounds and incredible stories. Just to listen to the stories alone is is worth tuning in. Once again, it is Ben Arnaud from the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. You got to check out his podcast, season three. And if you haven't checked out before, his previous two seasons before that on Apple Podcasts and over 20, actually, I'm going to say over two dozen different podcast outlets. And if you want great ideas on grilling recipes, plus also some great articles, you got to check out his awesome site today, smokinghotconfessions.com. My friend, it's been great talking to you and hearing your thoughts on the top five of 2018. I know you and I are going to be speaking again real soon about some more great grilling ideas because you know what? I have to ditch the diet every time we do so. But you know what? It's all worth it because some of the great ideas that you have, always great to talk to you about that and just so much more. But I cannot thank you enough for being a part of the show and sharing your thoughts on pop culture for not only 2018, but Every one of your appearances so far this year and previously, we just cannot thank you enough for taking the time to do so. Well, mate, I just want to just throw all that straight back at you and say, mate, thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me be a part of your show and, um, you know, take over my my little segment and just uh, talk about barbecue all the time. It's been great to be a part of it all. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you, my friend. And my best to you and your family and everyone down there in Australia this holiday season. Just cannot thank you enough for taking the time to do so. My best wishes to everyone down there for a happy holiday and an incredible 2019. Thanks, mate. You too. Take care and stay safe with your family. To you as well. And thanks again for being a part of the pop culture cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. Once again, thanks so much for listening to all of our great shows. If you need a listing of where we're at, what we're playing on, and where we're being played on, check our Facebook page out today, Pop Culture Cosmos. You'll see a listing of all the radio stations we're on because we're being played all around the world seven days a week. Gets Our shows get replayed every day of the week. I just cannot thank those radio stations enough. 
And please, if you get a chance, please support those radio stations when you get the chance. Also, we're on over 30 different podcast outlets, and many of them are listed right there for you. So you have a basis right there. Not only our Podbean channel, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Anchor. There's so many others. The list goes on and on. Check it out today for our entire listing. Also, information on our upcoming events and things of that nature. Check it out today, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. My friend, you've got a great thing going on with Humanica Media. Besides Humanica Media coming up and invading Las Vegas, a.k.a. Henderson as well, at the Retro City Games Holiday Game Night, what's going on with your great experience known as Humanica Media? We just put out a new episode of Topic Topicocalypse today where we're talking about you know all the, the dark origins of our favorite fairy tales. And you'd be surprised at what we turned up. So it's a, it's a good episode. Check it out. You know, I talked to John Sweeney of Podcast Radio Network. He's not sure when things are going to be back online, but we'll keep you posted. Otherwise, check it out today on the Topic Topicocalypse Podbean channel. And I was reading my girls uh, some of these bedtime stories the other day and some of these, uh, you know, nursery tales and whatnot. Man, Hansel and Gretel, that's some dark stuff, man, if you take a look at it. Oh, yeah. And same thing with Sleeping Beauty, man. My friend, before we head on out, we checked out a lot of stuff going on in trailer land. So one of the things I wanted to bring to your attention was Brightside, which is coming out next year in 2019. Brightside something that caught both yours and my eyes when it comes to the cold concept. Because on the surface, it just seems like another rehash of Superman. But then again, when you take a look at it, it's a lot more. Yeah, it's weird because I actually thought that that was going to end up being some sort of DC canon. I'm like, this is kind of interesting. It's got the had the music and all that. And they even like took pieces of the Man of Steel trailer and kind of mocked them, not mocked them, but, you know, copied them. You know, and it's interesting to me because it, it is essentially what if Superman was did not was not a good person? You know, what if he what if he went rogue as a kid and. That's an interesting concept. You know, what if someone who is is different is is not a good kind of different? And I that that concept's interesting. And I I was it was weird to me that I saw James Gunn's name attached to it because he is making stuff for the DC universe. So I'm I'm wondering if there are some negotiations that took place there because it basically is a horror movie of Man of Steel, but as a child, you know, and it's I don't know how I feel about it, man. I don't really want to see it. I, I like the concept of it, but it's not something that I'm going to be running out to the theaters to watch. What about you, though? I think it might actually captivate audiences the way The Conjuring has, because I think that especially that last scene in the trailer is something a lot of people might go for. And Elizabeth Banks is actually part of the project. She's she's starring in the movie. And I think actually it's something that she wouldn't have attached herself to unless she thought it might be a hit. So I'm actually thinking this might be a breakout hit as far as the horror genre is concerned next year when it hits. And it'd be something in the way of The Nun, The Conjuring series that we've become so familiar with, and A Quiet Place if it's done anywhere near at the levels of any of those films. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it definitely has a lot of production value behind it, so I don't see why it wouldn't. And, you know, with James Gunn producing, we're... This is kind of his first move back into the spotlight since that whole thing went down with Marvel and Disney. So it's got some pieces working for it for sure. But, you know, whether or not it's just a really cool trailer or a good movie, it still needs to be determined. But right now it has piqued my interest. I know it's gotten yours as well. And 
I know you said you might not see it, but I have a feeling I'll be checking it out because like I said, it's the interesting concept that might get to me, but we'll talk more about that as it nears its date in 2019. Another movie I wanted to talk about before we head on out that came out in a trailer, actually two, you know, one is closing in very quickly in 2019. And there's another one called Captive State that's coming out in March. Yeah, it's another alien occupied movie, whatnot, which you've already seen in some other movies already this year and in the recent past. What are your thoughts on another alien occupation movie such as Captive State? This one's a little bit different, in fact, that it takes place 10 years after the occupation has started with cooperation by humans as far as they try to keep control of a resistance that tries to go ahead and, well, do whatever they can to try and resist against the alien occupation. You know, I, I enjoy a good sci-fi flick. I enjoy movies like that. I, I enjoyed, uh, well, I didn't. Yes, I liked it. I liked Extinction on Netflix. That was an interesting take on the sci-fi genre. But that was the one with Michael Pena, correct? Yeah, yeah. And that I mean, I would definitely recommend that to anyone who's who's into that kind of genre because it has a really cool twist at the end. But you it see these movies, these sci-fi flicks, they're I love them. You know, I love to give them the benefit of the doubt. I want to see all of them, all the ones that I can that are not cheap. But remember when I was talking about Arrival? It was just so oversaturated with political themes. And that's what I'm afraid this one's going to be just by the name of the movie. You know, it's one thing if you do it in a clever way, but it's just all these, they're all just trying to make statements, you know, and I, I want a sci-fi movie that I can just go in and enjoy. So I'm hoping maybe Captive State will be it, but who knows? These big budget flicks, especially the big budget ones are, they're just political stuff and it's, it's, I don't really have any need to go see that, but I might be jumping to conclusions here. So hopefully it's good. I'll, I'll wait to read some reviews on it, but I'm not too interested. I didn't see, you know, any of the Cloverfield movies, but yeah, it's just, it's not my, at the moment, it's not my cup of tea. Maybe I'll go back to watch them one day. I'm not as interested in that movie, Captive State, than I am in, in Brightside. But I tell you what, if it does come out that the there's a lot of buzz behind it, we said the same thing about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We weren't high on it. We were just thinking it's going to be there. Something we'll catch on, on home video and whatnot. Then all of a sudden it gets these rave reviews all over the place and think and, and we think all of a sudden we've got to catch it. So the same thing could happen with Captive State. I know there's a lot of people, like I said, already interested in Brightside. So looking forward to hearing more about that in the weeks to come. One last trailer I want to talk to you about, my friend, and that is the final trailer for Glass, where it looks like it sets up everything for that trilogy, which we already know from Unbreakable and with Split, and now you've got Glass. I see how they're doing that. Unbreakable, Split, Glass. There you go. But anyways, I'm pretty excited about seeing this movie coming up here very soon in the weeks to come because... This looks like it'll be the culmination of events that have taken place over the course of many years when it comes to Unbreakable so many years ago. Your thoughts on Glass as the final trailer has now been released and it's now in the home stretch waiting to be shown to audiences. I mean, it, it looks interesting. I've always been interested in uh, you know, what happened after Unbreakable. I never saw Split, so maybe I do need to go back and watch that. But um... you, you do need to see Split. I mean, you will not be able to get a full... I guess, uh, appreciation for what's coming up with Glass, unless you see Split. 
Yeah, I'll probably go back and see that. I do need to go back again and watch Unbreakable because that was an old movie. That was, uh, I think, was that before or after The Sixth Sense? I don't remember, but... Yeah, um, it's an old movie. Yeah, it came out in the 90s, I think, or is it early 2000s? Yeah, that's old. That's old, man. Well, I remember it was it was pretty, like, cutting edge for its time in, in terms of storytelling. And that was uh, what one of the last good movies that Shyamalan has made. So, yeah, I'm... I'm going to watch it. I'm excited. I like the the idea of like these polar opposites. Uh, you know, the villain is a polar opposite of the hero. And then where McAvoy plays in all this, I don't know. But yeah, I'm wondering if it's going to like open up a whole new world or if they're just going to end it with this one. Well, I also like the concept that they all managed to somehow get thrown into a sanitarium. And it looks like the character played by Sarah Paulson, she's going to go ahead and she's trying to determine the fact that they're all just imagining their superpowers and whatnot. And, and she's not taking them at face value. And then over the course of the trailer, you see that all these wondrous things are happening. So maybe something is abound and afoot that we've seen as audiences already. And Sarah Paulson, still that non-believer that in the end, I'm sure you're going to see at some point in time, Sarah Paulson become a believer at some point in time of what's going on and all the crazy stuff, because it looks like there's going to be an epic battle between James McAvoy's character and Bruce Willis's character, the good versus evil. Samuel L. Jackson's character is going to somehow just manipulate his way into it because he's the evil mastermind of all this. So I'm very excited to see what's coming up for Glass. It is coming out January 18th. I'm looking forward to it. It's actually going to be a big early part of 2019 for Samuel L. Jackson with Glass, also Captain Marvel, and we hope he's going to have a return in Avengers Endgame as well. Yeah, it's funny. I, I mean, it's not funny, but I like how Marvel doesn't really tell him anything or else he does a good job of hiding it. You can't you really just can't tell. Whereas, uh, you know, Tom Holland is just an open book, <laughs> not on purpose. And Mark Ruffalo and Mark Ruffalo, not on purpose. You know, they just kind of or maybe it's a gimmick. Who knows? Even outside of their characters, they have their own characters. But it all starts with Glass coming out on the 18th of January for Samuel L. Jackson fans. He's going to have a big year in 2019, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Glass, which normally in January would be like, oh my gosh, it's going to be a bad movie. It's going to be a bad movie. But similar thing happened with Split. It was shown earlier in the year, and that was a big hit for M. Night Shyamalan as well. Yeah, this is true. I think, well, because that movie had a lot of power of word of mouth too. Like it was, it was a horror movie, and people, liked it and that kind of i think more than marketing like word of mouth with with scary movies gets momentum for them exactly and split did come out like i said in mid-january of 2017 so it looks like it's going to be something that is actually planned it's not something that the movie company is putting there because it's not going to make any money anywhere else or something that they have no confidence in this is a planned release date in january 18th for glass so i'm looking forward to it i'm really waiting to see that culmination of all three of those films come together and and all three of those main characters come together as well so Looking forward to seeing Glass and the final trailer. If you catch it out there, whether it's off the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page or wherever, it's definitely something after you see it that you'll want to check out the movie when it comes out January 18th. What are your thoughts on 
Brightside, Glass, and Captive State. Want to hear your thoughts on all three of those trailers? Are you going to go ahead and check them out when they hit theaters in 2019? Or are one, two, or all three of them going to be movies that you're going to check out later in time and home video or not at all? Want to hear your thoughts? PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. It's been another great episode. Want to thank Ben Arnaud from the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Chris Valenta, a.k.a. Vedius, who is playing at our holiday game night this Saturday, December 15th. Come on by Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, suburb of Las Vegas, Nevada. Want to go ahead and check out all the great gaming that's going to go on there. There's free retro gaming. There's $10 gaming tournaments with Fortnite, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. It's going to be music by, like I said, Vedius, Hyperschmidt, True Die. It's going to be a great time for eight hours right there, starting at 12 p.m. And for more info, check out the Retro City Games Facebook page for all the info and prize information. Any last thoughts on the way out before you head on up here to Vegas, my friend? No, man. I got to pack some stuff and get the computers and the mixer and the microphones. And yeah, it's going to be a good time. So hopefully we'll see you guys this weekend. Hopefully you will. I know you'll be playing a lot of Pop Culture Cosmos and Topicocalypse on the way here. But safe travels to you, my friend. We'll see you here in Henderson for Retro City Games Holiday Game Night. And hopefully we will see everyone out there listening as well. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special commercial for We Podcast and We Know Things. Wow, a commercial? Yes, Sam, a commercial. You do this to me every time. Anyway, we are We Podcast and We Know Things, the source for all of your nerdy news in gaming, TV, film, music, and all things pop culture. Heck, even wrestling. We're basically spreading the good word of nerd one episode at a time. Check us out here on the ESO Podcast Network and wherever fine podcasts are, including the iOS Podcast app, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram to keep up with all the goings-on in the nerdy world. Now back to your ESO Network Podcast. Who's better than us? You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network Podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.